Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. You guys know Sierra got married last year. It's a lot of work. Oh boy, was it. It's a lot to do. And one thing that really helped her figure out what to do first, where to access certain resources, how to get people to know where they were supposed to go for a wedding. Zola. With Zola, you can discover venues and find vendors easily. You can message and book vendors right on their website. And truly, when I say that that was the first part that we had to do and also one of the most intimidating and hardest, it's so nice to just have them all listed right there and be able to talk to them right there and then. They also have free planning tools, which is really helpful because you don't know what you don't know. And if when you go to Zola, you have a guest list manager, wedding website templates, a budgeting tool because dang, can a wedding get out of hand real quick? Mm-hmm. It could all eliminate so much stress and you'll save so much time all because it's like a one-stop shop. That's so true. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Hi guys. I'm Jerry. I'm Sierra. We're ladies. And we tangent. Should we do an intro? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My son does that to me to wake up. What's up, everyone? Hello. Hello. Um, there's gonna be like very little foreplay in this one. We're just really getting right into it. Yeah. We're gonna go in real dry. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna <laughs> Spit is the best lube. Is it? That's what I heard. I don't know. I got some pH shit going on. (laughs) I'm not fully convinced (laughs) that I trust anything. That was from a uh, Jenna Jabez's book. She's she was a porn actress. Yeah, I didn't know if he knew her. I did. I I was being nice because I I was like, I don't want to assume that you just know who she is. Yeah, but I do. (laughs) I felt like that was a big name. Well, she did a lot of other things as well. Like write yeah. a book where she said that spit is the best <laughs> So I can't oh. say for certain if she's correct. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> I don't, this, we don't normally do part twos. So like this is awkward for us because yeah. this is coming out a week later, but we're recording it right now. Yeah. And so like normally if we are going to record two in a night, it's, um, like a bonus yeah like a totally different topic it's yeah. not an extension of the last one and it's normally like it comes out the same week and not i don't know so like i don't i feel like i should give you guys something that happened this week but like we haven't well the browns lost they did <laughs> yeah i'm well. wearing a shirt in case you i don't i'm afraid to put any of these on tiktok because people i'm sure will be mean about it you i don't think anyone is can be as mean 
about the Browns as the Browns are. <laughs> like, They're actually pretty good. Are they? But they did lose. But they were playing like the team that was in the Super Bowl last year. So, Kansas I mean, City Chiefs? That's it. How did you know? Because our parents are there. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> our dads are there right now. Yeah, they were probably upset because it actually looked like they were going to win up until halftime. Yeah? Yeah. I don't care about sports. I'm trying to. I know because your fiance loves. And truly, I, when I thought it was just them throwing a ball back and forth, I was like, fucking boring. boring. But like now that I know the rules and strategies and stuff like that, I actually like it a lot more. Oh, my God. I don't. Plays and stuff. It's very football is so confusing to me. It was all I know is Blue Forty Two had hike, (laughs) but I don't know if Blue Forty Two is like what they always yell, yeah, or if like (laughs) there's other numbers and colors. I have, I can tell you that one. (laughs) I just know that I just like seeing plays and stuff. It's it is it is interesting. The more you learn, like a spread. Yeah, I love a good spread, (laughs) and we're back on the loop. I was thinking mayonnaise. That's oh. <laughs> why my pH is messed up. <laughs> you know what's better than spit? Oh, mayo. <laughs> Yogurt uh, is yeah. supposed to help. Well, that's with... Because it's got live cultures. I don't know. I was doing a lot of Googling today. <laughs> You're like, what's up with my vagine? Why do I smell like Lake Erie? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... You should probably talk to somebody about you that. You should see a doctor. I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> you mean I can't just like wait? That's what I like to do. Until Me it gets too. real bad and then I'm like, oh, Well, no. I did that until it said it clears up in two to three days. But if it lasts longer, you should see someone. I'm like, so two weeks is too long? <laughs> well, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so. Ugh. What if, what if, what if <laughs> this is very we thought talking about our abusive relationships were vulnerable well, now I'm telling you about my pH <laughs> what if you were in the lake like something got in there that's my concern that's that's because that's about. when it started oh my god I know Friggin I Lake Michigan can freak me out was it Lake Michigan I will go in an ocean or was I in Lake Erie I think it was Lake Erie I'll go in an ocean before I go in a lake the salt probably helps that and i feel like there's a lot of motion so nothing's around for too long there's oh you know yeah Hmm. (laughs) anyway although have you ever when you were younger did you ever sit in the sand so this time we went to the beach i sat with noah because he was playing in the sand uh-huh. while the waves come and then they drag you. And then you stand up and your fucking suit you is full. You have a, a diaper <laughs> full of sand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that looks even funnier on a pregnant woman. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I was like, what's up? Did I shit myself? <laughs> nope, it's just sand. And then you got to go in the water and kind of floop, floop, floop. Oh, yes. Do you ever floop, flop yeah. it out? Do you ever floop, floop in the ocean <laughs> with your sand butt? <laughs> That I couldn't get it to turn, so I just took them off. But then the oh. wave sucked back in my ass. <laughs> that happens to the best of us, like, doesn't oh, it? No. I have shit in a lake before, though, so I think Me that's too. karma. <laughs> Me too. It's like you shit in our lake. We fuck <laughs> <laughs> up your shit. <laughs> yeah, that's no boy now. So you will remember us. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did you. Two yes, weeks later, <laughs> still very, very, very real present problem in my life. 
This is fun. I know. What are you gonna do? You know what? That we're we're normalizing this stuff. We and you should. Am I gonna regret this later? Definitely. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what's happening? I'm gonna my... be embarrassed and thinking about it all night long. But Guess what's going on with my downstairs? I'm just like Don't know because you can't see? Well, first of all, yes. And second of all, I'm just like pissing <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But like slow leaking pee. Yeah. Like in my bed. Mm. <laughs> so that's been a problem. That's been a problem. That's, especially because <laughs> that's of my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> That's your baby in there going, that's, that's my fault. My, hey, that's my fault. I am on your fucking bladder. Yeah. I keep thinking my water breaks and then I smell it. And I'm like, tight, asparagus. Mm. I would kill to smell like asparagus right now. <laughs> Instead, it's like, which oh, one? sushi. <laughs> which one is worse? Yours or the fact that I'm always pissing myself? I don't know. I feel like. Because I, I feel like mine is going to continue into, for the next five weeks and yours might go away in two or three days. <laughs> Not unless I go see someone. It's already not gone away in two to three days. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay. So Trauma bonding. There, we gave you a little bit of yogurt. <laughs> and now that the men aren't listening, <laughs> let's talk trauma bonding. So the last time where we left off, we were talking about the seven stages. If you are a man and you're still listening, we love you. You're the oh, real ones. I do love you. And I don't mean it when I say like all men, but like, yeah. you know, you, if you you're know. listening, you know what not all men means. <laughs> yeah. You are the not all men that we, <laughs> we mean. Yeah. So the last thing I said was that um, in the stage of addiction, that the <laughs> dependency. <laughs> Sorry. Love. Yeah. Fuck that too. <laughs> Just take them off. Well, I have an ingrown uh, toenail as well that I picked today, and it's been hurting. And so, you know what? I'm just feeling very <laughs> what's the exposed and vulnerable and insecure. What's the science behind ingrown toenails? I don't know. I pick my toes because if there's just the slightest bit of a little hook and on I, it and uh-huh. it snags, I have to just like dig at my feet because God forbid I get up and find where the toenail clippers <laughs> are and I don't ever do it correctly. Anyway, sorry. Get back to what you were saying. Okay, no, but that made me kind of nauseous. Toenails freak me out. Um, any kind of nail bending? Mm. The last nail bender. The- <laughs> that was a good one. Okay. Okay, so the last thing that I said was that addiction comes from understanding the core dynamics of how we humans react to the combination of dependency and abuse coupled with something called intermittent reinforcement. So let's talk about intermittent reinforcement. Yeah, if you didn't l- listen, last week we covered the seven stages of trauma bonding. Yeah, so please this go is, listen. This is, a, this this is, is part, part two. two. <laughs> um, so intermittent reinforcement, there was a study that was carried out that talked about this and it used lab rats and pellets of food so first of all lab rats like when people they're they're very similar to us even though their brains are teeny tiny they're super fucking smart and so that's why they're used a lot in things like this so this is how they would reward them okay so the first thing they did was pattern number one they would reward the rats every time the rats pressed the bar yep so this was the least effective because as soon as the reward stopped, the rat was like, fuck this. I'm not pressing fuck the bar this anymore. Bar. Yeah. And so they didn't press it anymore. Um, they might do it one or two more times, but basically they would all leave yeah. it alone. Pattern number two, the rats would get rewarded for every 10th press on the bar. Um, and this got, they would 
hit it a couple times. And then once they finally got their food, um, they would realize, like, they started realizing it was every 10 times. Uh-huh. And so um, most rats tried at least one more round of bars and did another set of 10. But then basically it didn't take too long for all the rats to realize that there would be no more food rewards for their efforts unless they hit the 10. So they just stopped working and looked for food in other places. Yes. They were like, I'm not fucking going. This is too much work for yep. me, basically. Pattern number three, the food would be rewarded every 10 minutes. So the rats learned that they would only get these food pellets on a set time schedule. And then once they they started getting really frugal with their presses because they knew that it was on a timed schedule. So mm. they would just press it a couple times yeah, so closer like what's the to point the 10 of, minutes. Yep. Um, after the reward completely stopped, it only took a few non-rewarded 10-minute rats, 10 minutes for the rats to stop expecting the food and move on. Pattern four was intermittent reinforcement. So this is a pattern where the researchers finally outwitted the rats. They, there was no predict. <laughs> Sorry, it's so funny to think of all of these scientists, these brilliant <laughs> minds fucking- in a room, and they're like, I'm going to fucking outsmart these rats, I swear to God. And the rats are like, uh. <laughs> like fat <laughs> rats laying on their back, like, give me the fucking food. Your pellets. Ten- He's checking his watch. He's like, it's been 10 minutes. Give me the fucking pellets. Yeah. Um, so they would randomize the time between rewards and move the goalpost as to how many bar presses would be needed for the food pellets in exchange for the pressing the bar. You know what makes me feel yucky is we learned about that in school as a way to change behaviors mm. for students. <gasps> Ew, manipulation. It is. It is. But it's all. It yeah. is. But it is good to keep kids going. The reason. It was not the first one. It would be when we were trying to introduce a behavior. Mm -hmm. um, And sometimes it was a positive behavior for kids on the autism spectrum um, or kids who were trying to learn how to manage their own like ADHD behaviors and things like that. Mm -hmm. It was helpful to um, do a behaviorist kind of thing where you would uh, reward them every single time and then you would reward them every 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then you would reward them randomly before stopping the rewards at all because uh, the hope eventually would be just like that that they they, would want to do it they would want to do it and they would uh, already have the pattern Mm -hmm. um consistently so yes well in that way i'm sure it could be used in a positive way yeah um but, but when used for negative things. Right. So, much like the rats in the study, victims will continue to try and please their abusers in the hope that this will be recognized and will be rewarded with their love. And much like the researchers in the study, the abusers know that randomizing when they give their attention and moving their goalposts will make you strive harder for those little breadcrumbs of affection. Mm-hmm. So the more that they move it, the less they give you, the more you try to please. Yep. And eventually they will give it to you, but it's very sporadic and very randomly. Um, not only that, but you won't give up or lose interest because intermittent reinforcement leaves me, leaves you hoping that the next reward is just around the corner, even if you know it isn't. Yeah. So. Pause. Before you read more, will you yeah. remind everyone of what book we are pulling oh, information from? Sure. So this is called Trauma Bonding. The author is Lauren Kozlowski. And um, yeah, so here's it- just highlighted some pieces of it yes please go and get the book yourself so you can so much more in it there's like this 
part, I'm not going to talk about it at all, but it's a look at Stockholm Syndrome and its parallels to trauma bonding. There's a look at cognitive dissonance with par- or trauma bonding. I'm not, yeah. we just don't have enough time, but yeah. and I and, wanted you know, to hit we the don't really want, important parts. We want this author to make her money. You Absolutely, know? So, yeah, like, please go and yeah. get these if because those parts were really, really good as well. And yeah. especially the Stockholm Syndrome, I mean, you can draw a little bit of parallels, but it makes so much sense when there's something that has a fucking name to it mm-hmm. that like when you say sorry <laughs> when you say someone who was kidnapped is like loves their kidnapper and people accept that because they're like Stockholm syndrome that makes sense but you can't understand how a victim loves their abuser right it really helps to draw that parallel where yep. it's it's like it is kind of the same thing i mean it's using the same science on a chemical level inside yep. of your brain so and it's helpful to know that it's on a chemical level as well yes. because it makes you feel like it's not something you can control it because isn't. I think that's something that we think we can do is mm-hmm. stop loving this person. Mm-hmm. Even if you know it's wrong to be there, you feel like you can control it. And if you were strong enough or smart enough or brave enough, like that you would, you are able to stop feeling these emotions and wanting to stay yes. um, or caring for this person. But it's, it's, biological exactly exactly um okay so what i am going to talk about is the five stages of now accepting that you're in a trauma bond this is hard because a lot of times sorry you went this is a hard this is a hard hard. this this is a hard well i was gonna say and it's not your fault this is a hard stage but i was like it's five stages (laughs) this is a hard five stages um it's it's a really hard thing to do because you don't want to accept it. Like mm-hmm. for the longest time, I didn't want to accept that I was being abused. Yep. I didn't want that. You didn't want that label. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's because you had pre me as well had previously looked at other people, other relationships and thought that could never happen to me. Yep. Not I'm me. not that whatever. I'm not going to make excuses to mm-hmm. say with someone who treats me like garbage. I see all the time when people post like, hey, I need help, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, dump him, sis. Okay, I love that. But like, not that simple. Yeah. And when so many people say that to you and make it seem like make it's it seem easy. easy. Yeah. Like, just fucking leave. Duh. Yeah. Then you're like, now I want to do this even yes. less. Well, now I have to pretend like I'm not because I like I'm not being abused because I didn't just fucking dump him. Right. And I've I've talked to someone before about how like on paper with difficult things to other people, it looks like a straight path A to B. And so it seems like there's one simple solution. Here it is. Go on this path right here. Mm -hmm. You get straight from your problem to your solution. But that's not normally how it is. Normally you have it's you're starting at one. Yep. And maybe 10 is the goal. Mm-hmm. And you have to bounce two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine all over the map. There's so many hoops and hurdles that you have to jump through yep. to get to this, the goal and at the end. And you're probably going to go back to A several right? times. And so it's not as easy as going from point A to point B. There's yeah. so many stops along the way. And there's so many moving pieces that you have to understand mm-hmm. or prep for. and it's it's someone in not in your situation isn't aware of all of the things standing in your way. Yes. So the only way to free ourselves from the clutches of an abusive relationship is to take all the energy that's being wasted on the abuser and focus it back on ourselves. That sounds easy, but it is not, especially right. when you've been broken down as much as they break you down. 
But to free yourself is to find the strength to take your focus off trying to fix them, appease them, pacify or change them, and change yourself instead. Right. Because um, you definitely have more control over that. You do. And and they're it, going to make you feel bad for it. That's the thing. Yep. That's what they want to do because you can't take the attention off them because mm-hmm. then you'll know. Like when I started working on myself, when I, I remember saying that I was going to therapy and it, he was like, so like, why are you going to therapy? It was yeah. like, a oh, that's dumb. Like, obviously, stigma on therapy. Yep. But it made me feel like, again, that I was crazy. Like, he was like, don't let people know that you're in therapy, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and now I know it's just because he knew if I was talking to somebody about what was going on, they would be like, hey, red flag, sister. Yep. That is not, you got to get out of there. And that's exactly what happened. And he knew it. But he, that was also his stipulation multiple times if we got back together was that he had to go to therapy and he would go one or two times and then be like, yeah, that wasn't for me. Yeah. She said that I'm good. She said I'm fine, which no, they fucking didn't. Yeah. And if they did, all you did was sit there and lie the right. whole time. I know you didn't actually try because then you would have to admit that you are the problem. And even if you were fine, no therapist is going to say you're fine. Don't come back yeah. because people who don't identify with having a mental health disorder still severely benefit from going to therapy. And so like they might gonna... make it like, hey, you don't have to come every week. Now you can come every two weeks yeah. or every month. But which happened to me. And now Barbara's like, <laughs> me. <laughs> me thinks maybe <laughs> we should go back to bi-weekly or weekly yeah i don't play where she's like remember when i said uh you would relapse we're there yeah and that's that's true therapy yeah. like you're never going to get to your end goal yep and that's a that's an okay thing like growth shouldn't be something that you get to the end to right the end of um once you can start working on your self-esteem you'll begin to realize that you deserve better that's where i started to get i was like i don't fucking deserve this i was me by the way and then when you're working on yourself like that the people that you've lost either you'll meet new people um or those people will come back to you like they'll know that you are working on yourself like people came back to me when Mm -hmm. they saw that i was becoming myself again well and you allowed yourself to open up to them again yes yeah I knew that you made yourself available to I those knew that people again. They weren't my enemies anymore. Right. Um, leaving an abusive relationship is one of the hardest things you will ever do in your entire life. She, this she writes: I left and returned to my ex multiple times. Even after the abu- abuse, only ever escalated, and it got viler each time. So again, I would like to say, average is seven times leaving. It is not unheard of if you go back. I don't want to say that I it's understandable because I, I hope for your sake that you don't. But I get it if you do. It was almost impossible for me to get out. And it, literally all the stars had to align perfectly for me to finally fucking be able to do it. And even then, that first year was so incredibly hard. Yeah. So hard. Um, She says... Uh, once the bruises fade, the relationship doesn't seem so bad after all. They feel very much like I did for so many years that perhaps they had overreacted to what had happened to them. They feel immense guilt for abandoning their abuser when they need them the most. Mm-hmm. Meaning when the abuser needs them. Yep. Which is crazy because I felt like I he needed me. I needed to be there. Also, yeah. I was getting multiple messages of him um, with guns on his lap saying like yep. I'm threatening, uh, threatening to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
knew that it wasn't my fault, but at the back of my mind, I was like, if he does this, this will be on me. Yep. His family will blame me for it. Everyone in the world will blame me for this. Yep. And it was terrifying. It made mm-hmm. me multiple times think, even though I was so happy, that like I have to go back. I have to save him. That's a manipulation tactic, it by is. the way. Like that, my ex did that as well. Yes. Um, it was, you're going to have to explain this to my mom in the morning yes. when I do this. Um, the time where I mentioned in the last episode that the police were called in the dorm room, um, he wasn't letting me out of the room. Mm-hmm. And finally, he said one person could come and talk to me through the door and then when um the police showed up and i explained to him like you can't like you will go to jail yeah you need to let me out of this room Mm -hmm. um he finally let me out Mm -hmm. and he just was texting me over and over and over again um they tried to kick him off campus, but he was drunk and he didn't know anyone else other than me. And so I said I would stay somewhere else mm-hmm. and just let him have my room. Um, I did that with my house. That's mm-hmm. why I stayed there. He wasn't on my lease. That was my home. Yeah. And I, when the cops came, which, by the way, I didn't press charges because we talked about them in the first episode and it's OK, whatever. But the cops were like, where should I take him? And I was like, he doesn't have anywhere to go. Just take him back to my house. I'll stay here. Yeah, I'll stay somewhere else. Did he you stay did, somewhere else? Yeah. Uh, well, one night. And then yep. I went back. I That same night, he was texting me, apologizing same. over and over and over again. And please come back. Please come mm-hmm. back. And so I did. I, I was with my friends down the hallway. Mm-hmm. I was going to stay in someone else's room. But then I looked at them. I'm like, guys, it's okay. Like, I overreacted. I caused this. I'm, yes. It was my fault. And so I walked back and he had like scissors on the floor and he was like I was going to use these Mm -hmm. and I didn't want you to be the one to find me and I'm like but it looks like you did it looks like you did want me to find it it looks like this was your intent the entire time set up literally everything so that I would find it like this he tried to go out the window oh my goodness so like it was his plan but he never he never actually I don't want to say that he didn't want to do it because I don't want to speak on someone else. Like, I don't want to say that if someone says it, that they don't mean it. Right. But he was using it as a manipulation tactic. And um, I felt responsible for his well-being. And I also knew, and I know this is true for you as well, that he had terrible things happen to him mm-hmm. as a child and yes. he had um, a not great upbringing and yep. even as like a young adult he had terrible things happen to him and I made excuses yes. saying he just doesn't know what real love looks like yep. he doesn't know because right from wrong happened to him in his childhood yep. he didn't deserve that and now he's I just need to fix I, I need to show him, him mm-hmm. and show him what real love is yep. then he'll be the person that I met in the beginning mm-hmm which was never going to happen. Because the person you met in the beginning wasn't, wasn't real. real. That wasn't who he was. That's the hardest thing to learn it is, is that per- the person who you think is not the real them is the real them. And the, per- the person they got you with yes. was a character they created. Which again, it's hard because he kept showing those that person. But it was only after that love bombing version of himself was only after he did horrible, horrible things. But he was such a good person to me. In mm-hmm. those moments. But I have to remember, they were after he did the worst shit that anyone's ever done right. to me in my life. In my life, he broke me as a person. Yeah. And then I feel bad because he, I don't know, took me to see the sunset a couple times. <laughs> or you know what I mean? Hey, the sunsets every fucking day. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I've seen he it didn't make times. it. No, he didn't. He didn't put the sun in the sky and bring it back down for you. Yes. Okay. It does that naturally. <laughs> 
I know. There's so many things that he did, though, that I was like, Ugh, remember he did that? That's such a nice thing. And now here I am talking shit. And I'm like, no, remember when he broke your face on multiple <laughs> occasions? Yes. Let's just keep remembering yeah. that. Yeah. Because that was who he really was. Right. Okay. Hey, guys, we know that we're discussing a pretty heavy topic right now, but we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. I am obsessed with clothes. Oh, yeah. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for my closet. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's why I'm so excited to be sharing Newly with our audience because Newly is a way to try out trendy styles, colors, silhouettes, all different kinds of things that maybe you've been interested in, but are like going to make your bank cry. Mm -hmm. Now you can rent them for a period of time and then you just ship them back. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. That's another beautiful thing mm -hmm. because a lot of places may not have options yeah. for everyone. And this has so much diversity, not only in the brands that they offer, but also they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. It's fun, it's sustainable, and you can save because you get to try out a bunch of stuff that you like, or maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe I would like this. And then you get it and you're like, I, I don't think that's for me, but there's no commitment to buy it unless you really do love it. And you're like, you actually can't have this back, Newly. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping it. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off of your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code tangents 20 just go to n-u-u-l-y.com that's newly with two u's and enter the code tangents 20 and sign up to get 20 dollars off your first month that's n-u-u-l-y.com newly with two u's with code tangents 20 newly subscription clothing rental change your clothes do you think seeing a therapist or psychiatrist would be helpful but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet with them or afford them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. Honestly, a lot of times you make that appointment at your appointment you already have. I don't know when I'm going to schedule my breakdown. I don't know when I'm going to need to talk to somebody. And with Talkspace, it's so nice because you can send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for your next session. Talkspace therapists can help with any specific challenges that you might be facing. And it's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, so much more. Plus, therapy can help you find the tools to cope in difficult times and just be a guiding light. So like maybe you're not going through something really intense, but you just have like, I don't know, a work issue or something going on with a friend of yours that you just need an outsider's perspective. And Talkspace is amazing for that. They also are in network with most major insurers. So check in on that. Yeah, absolutely. If you got it. Plus, as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off of your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80 to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Tangents, promo code SPACE80. Ladies and Tangents is sponsored by Claritin. Luckily for those that live with symptoms of allergies, you can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine 
and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I will tell you, it's so funny because in my household, Corey recently was like, I think I'm getting a cold. I'm getting a cold. I'm getting another cold. I'm like, hey, babe, I think you have allergies. I think maybe you just need to pop one of these pills. And guess what? All of his symptoms went away. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think it's a virus. I think it's just weeds. (laughs) And I also know that whenever I go to Sierra's house, my allergies kick into place because of a certain pet. (laughs) So true. And thankfully, I'm able to enjoy all my time there. Now, just after I take little Claritin D, clears me right up. All my (laughs) symptoms are just like, what cat? (laughs) Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Get non-drowsy relief for allergy symptoms with Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful release is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Spring vibes are in the air. And when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming around your house, you probably want to smell them and not your litter box. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Pretty Litter, you can. Seriously, nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. And I'm serious when I say that the, whatever magic is in those crystals, I cannot smell anytime. My cat will literally poop right next to me, and I don't realize that she did it until I hear her litter box start going. It's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals also change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat, like urinary tract infections, kidney issues, and so much more. Which is super helpful, since cats can't talk, and that's important information to have. (laughs) So true. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. I know, because whenever I go over to Sierra's, it's there. (laughs) Always have some. Seriously, but it's so nice because I don't have to change it as much as normal, but I still have some on deck then whenever I do need it. And you won't run out and you don't have to go to the store and carry around a giant thing of litter. Go to prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash tangents. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is the most important thing to you when it comes to menstrual care? Um, I would say probably not having to worry about leaking, going about mm. my day, and not worrying about having to run to the bathroom when you feel that, oh, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, I think I'd agree. Yeah. And that's why we're excited to tell you about Flex. If you want a period product that looks out for your body, your lifestyle, and the planet, you've got to try Flex. There's the Flex Disc, which is a one-time-use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. It's not a cup, and it's better than a tampon. It's unlike any period product you've ever seen before. One Flex Disc can be worn for up to 12 hours, and it holds as much flow as three super tampons. Plus, you can wear it for mess-free period sex. Yes, my white sheets love that for me. (laughs) Flex discs also create 60% less waste compared to pads and tampons, so they are planet-friendly. And if you want to go with zero waste and have the planet love you even more, you can pick up the Flex Cup, a reusable menstrual cup that Cosmo rated number one. The patented pull tab makes Flex the only cup on the market that removes, like a tampon, 
It's so easy. You already know how to use it and you won't lose it. Yes, which is very important. It's also disability friendly and made with beginners in mind. So when I say like this is easier to use than tampons, I really truly believe that. Well, this beginner is grateful for that. (laughs) Yes. It's also velvety soft and completely body safe and it lasts for years. So say goodbye to cramps, put sex back on the table and lend Mother Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash tangents and use code tangents for 20% off flex disc starter kits. Or 10% off your first flex cup. Plus you get free U.S. shipping. That's code tangents at flex, F-L-E-X, fits.com slash tangents. Victims who go on to become survivors of an abusive relationship progress through a process of five stages before they finally break free from the restraints of their toxic relationship. The first stage, um, the first stages are when they're still in the relationship. So stage one is denial. Yeah. Um, this is where they deny or minimize the abuse that they've endured despite everyone be around being able to see what's going on. And that's the thing. A lot of times it'll get to a point where like literally everybody else is like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. We all know that this is happening. And you will still, that is what I'm most ashamed of. But at the same time, now that I know that it's like a fucking scientific thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make me feel so bad. But I'm so embarrassed that I was just like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Like, especially to Noah's Cause you other think that, parents. Yeah. I feel like embarrassed that they are looking at me as like, yeah, again, a bad parent because I stuck up for him so much and I know that they were just trying to protect my son who Mm -hmm. again was never in harm's way. All the abuse was directed at me. Yeah. But um, I feel stupid now. It's like telling them like, yeah, he was abusive. They're like, well, fucking yeah, we said it a lot. Yeah. But at the same time. Well, because in that moment you still want to believe that you, you were in control. Yeah. That you had the power and that if it was bad, you would get out and that you could see it. Like, you don't want to admit when you're in the moment yeah. that you're in as deep as you are. Yeah. And that you're not as strong to get away or not as right. smart, quote unquote, right. to see what's going on. But um, in reality, we are simply denying what's happening and trying to minimize the toxic influence that it has on us. And during this stage, um, which most people stay in for the longest amount of time, by the way, you feel trapped and utterly hopeless to improve things. You make no genuine attempts to take actions to make your lives safer or less threatening. And instead of viewing your abuser as a nasty, abusing, abusive, soul-crushing individual that they are, you prefer to see them as the person that you first met. Which I'm still fucking doing, like Mm -hmm. I just said. The person who love-bombed you and made you feel so wanted and special. The good times, the honeymoon stage after every incident of abuse. God, she's like writing this. Just This is her quotes, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's nice to know that um, someone else, I think that's why so many of you connect with the podcast in general is because we say the things that you have said to yourself in your head. Yeah, but it's like nice to hear other people. It's, it's like, nice oh my to hear God. it out loud and not from your own voice yes. because you're like, oh my God, that I'm not the only person who thought that. Then I'm not that's the only real. Yes. That's true mm-hmm. because it's not just me. Yep. Um, she said ever after every incident of abuse, that's what you prefer to associate with the abuser not their nasty true self, which again, right. that is the true version of them is the version that 
if someone truly loves you, I am, you guys say this all the time when you like listen to the gaslighting one. I've had multiple people personally message me and be like, thank you for telling your story. Um, I'm in an abusive relationship right now. I'm trying to get out of it or I just got out of it and you make me feel like it's possible to be happy again. When I, again, I said, when I first met Corey, I was like, this is not what love is supposed to be like. Yeah. And it was very rocky in the beginning, mostly because I was the toxic one, because I had so much left over from this. But when I saw his true self, I remember for probably the first two years waiting for him to show his, that other side. I'm like, yeah, every time he would get drunk, I would wait. When's it going to show? When's yeah. it going to show? Well, this you were still you in are. a way in survival mode. Yes. You, Corey had to work harder yes and i think in a way that's why we appreciate men or uh, i'm sure other you guys have other partners who you can associate this with right. but for us like Corey and like shane because they had to work so much harder yeah. and and vice versa because shane was in an abusive relationship mm -hmm. um before and so i had to work yeah hard to show him that I'm not going to what actual love looks yes. like because mm -hmm. for me I was thinking like love was what I the love was the love bombing yeah and then when I met Corey and I realized that like all the things that my previous ex had done to me you don't do those things to the person that you love Corey has never done that and we've gotten into fights yeah but never put his hands on me. Never like intentionally gaslit me. There yeah. are times sometimes when we when we're yeah. drinking that like it happens on accident. Um, but he doesn't do it intentionally. And he apologizes. I call right. him out on it and he apologizes immediately and feels well, terrible. We've talked about with fallacies and cognitive dissonance that like our brain automatically does these things. And I think gaslighting yeah like i know that i've done it Me like too. i've talked about it with shane and he's like how is it when i do something it's this but you're doing it to me now and i'm like shit you're right huh? i know fuck yes <laughs> okay i see it but like because we're we are in a safe healthy relationship yeah we can have those conversations yes. where we can say what you're saying right now is not okay yes and here's why mm -hmm. let's you can get your point across in a different way let's let's focus on that instead yeah. of like this and when I was with my ex, it always felt like it had to be me versus him. Yep. Like, I got to win this fight. And the other night, we, not the other night, uh, weeks ago, um, we got into a pretty bad fight. Not terrible, but just like, yeah, we don't fight hardly ever. So when we do, I'm like, it was pretty bad. But really, it was just yeah, like comparatively. our voices were raised <laughs> yeah. um, for like five minutes. And I don't think you need to defend having a fight because... It's so normal. It's normal in a relationship, but when you've when you have the trauma of being in a toxic relationship, mm -hmm. you feel like you have, have to, to defend, defend your partner. He's got to be perfect all the time because fights previously yeah, were meant terrible. something very different. Yes. So during that, I remember the one thing he said. He was like, "It's just you and me in this game. It's just it's us yeah. versus this, not you yep. versus me." And I was like fuck man that is the difference that is the difference mm -hmm. is that it's not me and you we're fighting against each other right now but that we don't need to be right. there's no reason to be and like the fact that he could communicate and we could have that talk because he was being a drunk asshole sure <laughs> i was being very hormonal <laughs> because i'm pregnant both of us were in the wrong with the yeah. and so when we could get to the point where we were both like you know what you're right. When you said that thing, I fucking am sorry for that. And yeah. I was like, you know what? 
And I was I was kind of overreacting, yeah. and I'm sorry. I don't like that you're having fun without me, <laughs> and that's a me problem because you should be allowed to still have fun. Anyways, I just wanted to say that you can get to a point where you'll feel love, real love, but it's not going to feel like what this is. Yes, and it's I different. Want, I want you to because this isn't love. I want. That's exactly it. And I want people to know that like that's possible, but they have to be open to that because mm-hmm. I almost shut it down. Yep. Same. Shane Fallout dumped me twice. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, hey. Well, there have been moments. I think we're supposed to make out a forever. <laughs> I remember in like our first two fights with Corey that I left dramatically mm-hmm. and was like, I'm staying at my mom's because that's what I used to do before because I was searching for that love bombing. Yep. I wanted that. Chase me. Chase buy me. Buy me things. Go over the top. And he said to me when I came back, which he did not come chase me. Yeah. He was like, either come home or I'm. <laughs> you walk in the door like, hey, <laughs> don't you know what we're doing? So that's why I you know, played this game before. I walked in and then I started a fight. And then he <laughs> oh, walked... I got to do this bigger. Is that what it is? So then he walked downstairs and he said, you're being very toxic right now. And then he left the room. And I was like, no, continue this. <laughs> so I walked, I like chased him down there and he was just sitting on the couch in the dark, like silently and yeah. not crying or like, but just, I could tell he was sad. And he was like, Sierra, I love you, but what you're doing right now is not okay. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to continue doing this. If you think that the way you acted tonight is a normal way to act in a relationship, then I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, Damn. I thought I was the older one. <laughs> he was like, you cannot just leave me and not say anything. You just left. I didn't know where you went. And I didn't even know where you're fighting. <laughs> Which he didn't. He said like, and you're like hold on, I'm going to get naked real fast because your emotional maturity is high <laughs> as hell. No. And so it was just like, I, I just am trying to tell these stories because I want people to know that this is possible. But you are going transitioning. to transitioning. You're going to be the problem sometimes. And that's yes. OK. But it, but you have to be able to spot when it's happening, because mm-hmm. a lot of people take these toxic things that they feel and bring them into new relationships. And it starts to cycle all over again. Well, And I think that's why I like to mention that um, my abuser isn't an ab- he might be. I don't know who he is anymore, but doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be everyone's abuser. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, I would never want to paint him as a horrible person. Yeah. We were horrible together. Right. Um. And so, like, yes, my experience is a very real, very terrible experience. But I and same with Shane and his ex. Like, I would I would venture to say that Shane's ex mm-hmm. probably believes that Shane was. Yep. A, a horrible person in her life right and vice versa yeah but do i and i said this to him yesterday i was like do i think that she's probably a very kind person and has a healthy relationship and is people who love her and she loves them absolutely right. you guys were just not good together mm-hmm. but he and i together are wonderful right not a toxic bone in our bodies right well maybe sometimes we'll get there and then we have to put each other in check well, but like say, but it's growing together yes like like I said, me and Corey, that moment. We're healing. We're yes. healing. And so it that is. That moment that he gave me that, like, it was almost like he held up a mirror. And I was like, ooh, I do not yes. like what I see. Mm-hmm. But thank you for showing me. Yeah. Because I don't want to be that person. I remember that was a tactic my ex used on me as a manipulation tactic. He would just leave on nights that he knew I had my son and couldn't get in the car and chase him. Yep. And he would be gone for hours, sometimes days, mm-hmm. shut his phone off so that I couldn't. And it was 
horrific because I was like, I need you. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. I fucking need you. And now I feel like it's my fault. And and now you're gone and I don't know where you're at and who, you, who you're with and all these things. And it's like, I tried to do that to Corey and like he reacted in a normal way, yeah. which was, hey, I didn't like the way that that made me feel. And if you do that again, I, we can't do this because you're trying to manipulate me right now. Yep. With you in a reaction, and I'm not going to react the way you want because you're playing a game right now, and I'm an adult, and we don't do that. And yep. I was like, "Fuck, yeah, <laughs> you're right." Um, okay, so she says, "This is a quote." At this point in the denial stage, the fear of losing my partner made me feel like I just loved him too much to leave. I wasn't yet aware that I was trauma bonded. However, during stage one, we are still in a state of absolute denial. And to think we are part of an unhealthy attachment isn't something we're willing to even comprehend. We can't yet face the idea that we've become dependent on the same person who's hurting us. We won't be able to consider the notion that we need them to make us feel good after abuse. And during stage one, we are able to numb our real emotions. Of course, we feel hurt, pain, rejection, and all the negative things that our abuser wants us to. But we numb those emotions. We, we numb the emotions we need to feel in order to listen to our gut instincts. This only accentuates the denial. We genuinely believe our own rationalizations and come to trust that the abuse can't nearly be as bad as, as it looks. Yeah. Um, that leads to internalizing the blame and rationalizing that if I hadn't done this, then maybe they wouldn't have gotten so angry at me. Had I not said that, that maybe every single time that, um, any of our fights escalated to being physical, I was drinking, which means that I was saying things meaner than I meant them (laughs) or, um, and I also went, yes. And I also went through his phone multiple times. Yep. He caught me like two of those times. Yep. And. like shoved me really hard and that would start it because then i would fight back i'd be like oh let's fucking go it's like ding 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 let's go um and again i didn't want it to happen but i just was more ballsy when i was drinking drunk me was at that point not a good person probably because i was drinking to escape what was happening and so i was drinking too much and so it just it took a long time for me to realize that no matter what i did I didn't deserve what was happening to me. And that he was doing it when we weren't drinking. That was just the physical stuff. Yeah. Um, until you're able to admit that there is a problem, you can't take the steps to change it. At this point, you're convinced that you can help them change by changing what you do and say to meet their desires. But eventually, you can get to stage two. Which this is, is only stage two? This is The first was denial. I know. We're going to have to go faster. Okay. <laughs> Stage two is admitting your reality. Okay. Um, it, it This right here, if you're watching this and listening and thinking about this, that is part of the stage. So admitting that life is filled to the brim with abuse and toxicity was one of the most dip- difficult steps that you can take for a while. This is her speaking. Although I was able to acknowledge the severity of what I was enduring, I was still emotionally paralyzed, genuinely feeling unable to take steps to change my fate. Your feelings will shift back and forth from realizing you are a victim of abuse to the denial and back again. Yep. You adore and crave their good side, but you start to fear their bad. I still do that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I've been out of the relationship 12 years and I still do that. Same, same. And like, that's the thing. I'm worried that he'll hear this and like think bad thoughts about me. Not even that he'll reach out to me or do anything, but that he'll just be like, oh, 
this bitch. And I know that people are like, if it's been so long and you've and you're happily married and you have children and you've been in a healthy relationship for so long, why do you care? Because when you feel crazy and you feel like you made everything up or you over dramatize things, those negative thought processes, those distorted experiences bleed into everything else. Yep. So like the water's been, po- the well has been poisoned. Yep. And because I never took the time to heal from it or acknowledge it or process it, I am now living in a distorted reality mm-hmm. of trying to f- figure out I'm not healed. Yeah. I, I put a Band-Aid over a bullet hole yep. and I never processed what those moments did to me mm-hmm. and how they In changed the me. Yeah. Um, and so I, it's a, it's my trauma. It's a part yep. of my life experience and it will live with me. And I do need, I can't let go of it because it changed me. Right. Exactly. Um, at this stage, the fears of leaving outweigh the risks of staying in the relationship. But still, there's a big gap between the often highly exaggerated memories of the good times and the all too painful reality reality of how toxic the relationship is. Um, I'm sorry. I have to go back to that. I've given myself so much fucking grief for not moving on. Yeah. I mean, I've moved on, obviously, romantically, but like not allowing myself to stop talking about it or yeah. stop reliving different moments. But like... If I got into a car crash ten just years ago, say, this is trauma that I, I will stick forever. Yes, and, and that's and okay. I, I felt insane for that, so yeah. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that, but I just that was a, a, a realization that I had just now, and that I've never spoken about no, how I'm, embarrassed I am that I've talked about it, and yeah. how much guilt and grief, and I mean, yeah, embarrassment that I uh, ashamed that I've carried with it just that I ever even bring up my ex right because it's like move on oh my god you crazy person we only but like right but again you were a car crash in my fucking life yes it was something traumatic that not only was traumatic in that moment but altered my life and my state of being forever yeah so I don't blame you and I'll yeah think about it all the time but it made me I think it altered me in a good way I don't want it happened to anybody else. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I learned good lessons out of it. Okay, so stage three um, happens after you finally accept it. And this is preparing to leave. This stage is super important, obviously, um, and can take a, a while to, you know, have to. For me, it took months. Yeah. And I had to do it really carefully because I didn't want him to know that I was preparing to leave because I didn't want him to know. It involved, for me, I didn't like it because it involved a lot of lying, which it was important for my safety. Yeah. But I didn't like to lie like that. And so mm-hmm. I had to lie to him constantly yeah. about certain things so he didn't find out where I which was Which is going ironic because you were already him. lying to so many people. Yes. But to him, he was my person. Yeah. You know? And I felt like, I can't lie to you. I can't deceive you. Yeah. I'm trying to show you what a good human looks like. And now yeah. here I'm being you. Yes. I can't be you to you if yeah. I want you to stop being you. Yes. <laughs> so, ugh. Um, stage four is leaving. This is without a shadow of a doubt the biggest step to take. It's the emotional emotional culmination of having to challenge your inner fears over your future, your crippling doubts that things aren't as bad as they appear to be, staring down the uncertainty and insecurity as to whether you are making the right decision. Um leaving is fucking scary because you're going into you're leaving comfortability, first mm-hmm. of all. You're leaving 
even though you're not in a sense of security, you do kind of have a sense of security that you're appeasing this person so they won't hurt you. That and like when this is your person, your partner, yeah. you even though we've talked about how you may not necessarily um, know what your future plans are, you do romanticize a life when they are finally better. Yes. And you plan, okay, what's our home going to look like? What are our ch- I had named my children. Yes. I knew where we were going to live and I pictured vacations. And mm-hmm. like we talked about those things because in a way, talking about the future in that way kind of keeps you close yes. because it's like I've already locked you in for five more years yeah, you know in your mind <laughs> yep and so you also now have to mourn mm-hmm. a life that you thought you were going to have now there's so much fucking uncertainty obviously financial <laughs> but like who am I yeah. outside of this person they've already made you a shell that's exactly it it's who am I without them you you've developed this dependence around them and not to mention they're you're allowed to grieve and I felt like I couldn't because I was like so many people were like yay celebrate don't be sad why are you sad Mm -hmm. that was the one thing that Corey didn't understand was he could not understand there would be days where I would just bawl my eyes out Mm -hmm. and he was like why are you sad about this person this piece this is he's a piece of shit like we don't need to anything to do with him block his number let's get on with it you don't need to mourn him and it was like you but you weren't there. Yeah. Like you didn't see the good parts. You don't know what all we went through. That and I'm mourning how much of my life that I lost yes. because of this person. And how much of me I lost. Right. I felt like I was never going to get that back. And I'm glad that I did. And but- there also, this might be weird, but there may have been parts of you that you liked. Well, he that did. can't exist outside that relationship either. There was. There was hobbies that I did together that like I try I have tried to do outside of them and they remind me so much of him that I just can't. Right. I, I take no joy in it anymore. Right. It breaks my heart because I was freaking good at it. Yeah. And it was a creative outlet, but I just can't even I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Hey, guys, we know that we're discussing a pretty heavy topic right now, but we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. So Lauren says... When I first got to this stage, I couldn't eat. I barely slept. I was in a state of constant anxiety the entire time. Knowing what I needed to do, but being uncertain I could pull it off almost ruined me. Excuse me. These are normal things to feel. Um, Often it takes another horrific incident following a quiet time. Um, And usually another false promise that it'll never, ever happen again. But then the abuse escalates. And this final time is what snaps you into finally leaving. Um, then stage five, last stage is maintaining your strength because again, it's easy to fall back into it. Yep. In that first year, I don't want to tell people like you leave and then fucking birds fly and doves in the air yeah. and your life is suddenly better. Holy shit. Those first like two years are so hard. The first year, especially, but then the second year you have to, you have to start healing. And sometimes it's hard to look at your life and be like, well, I have to fix this. And I can't imagine either having children, children? I that was uh that I, was something that he threatened me he int- he told me he was going to try to get me pregnant so that i could never leave him oh, like when same he thing. That's when he put that in writing ID. i was like oh fuck that's terrifying yep. like i loved him and i wanted to be with him and i would tell everyone else th- that's the funny thing is like you you say things to yourself in the dark that are like um, this is a red flag. This is not okay. Yep. I'm scared in my gut. Yep. 
you tell everyone else like, oh my God, I, I've named our children. I yep. can't wait to have a family. But as soon as he says he'll get you pregnant and you go, fuck, fuck. that's terrifying. Yep. That's a bad thing. That's <laughs> like, a very bad Listen thing. to that. But I can't imagine trying to get out um, or actually getting out and then having to figure out co-parenting like yeah. do you have to do that like what there's like legalities around that like that's uh, yeah scary i want to pause just for a quick second um and say that i'm going to bring it back to this is why what's happening in texas is so fucking terrifying yes because of what you just said because of situations like that where women are trapped and then have to co-parent with an abuser mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives over something they didn't want to happen to them absolutely fucking terrible and if you needed any more reason why that's a disgusting law there you fucking have it but she in this book so i highly recommend again did you hear that i think that they did petition um that it's unconstitutional i think the supreme court is or the judicial someone is i fuck me yeah you guys know yeah yeah (laughs) you look it up a real person said this yes a real person with real power said it and you know that i have inattentive ADHD. So, <laughs> so after, I don't know names or people or what actually yeah. was said, but I just I know, know that something. they're going after Texas for saying that this is unconstitutional. Good. Because it is. As they fucking should. If you if you are in a situation with children, again, highly recommend the person she's talking about, her abuser, is a, the father of her children mm. and was married to her. So if you have those thoughts and you're at the point where you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She has multiple books like this. Um, so please look her up if Mm -hmm. you're thinking how can i maintain my strength get these and read them they're quick reads i read it in a day yeah um she says and i quote i got there it was one of the toughest things i have ever done in my life it took me a long time to understand why i was even remotely attracted to the type of person who would hurt me the way he did i found a lot of self-hatred when questioning why i stayed with him when others wouldn't have i had some trouble building my self-esteem to a point where i was able to maintain healthy boundaries in all aspects of my life but i got there so that's an important part it this stage is hard it's difficult. It's also the most empowering thing that I've ever felt. Calling myself a survivor and knowing what I went through and that I came out a better person on the other side is incredible. Do I feel shame still? Yes. Do I feel guilt? Yes. Am I still healing? Yes. But I am grateful that I went through it and became the person that I am because of it. And you should. Well, thank you. And you should. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting I, there. Girl. I always compare our journeys and I'm like I know what happened to you and I f- I feel like I can't even claim it because you you're I know I can. I know it's not a competition. No, <laughs> We're not having yeah, like yeah. an abuse off. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I just think what happened to you was so so fucking bad mm-hmm. that I don't even want to put myself in a, in a, in that category because what you did and the strength that it took for you to get out of that situation, um, especially being a single mom and uh, like I have so much respect for you and I'm so proud of you and you should be very proud of yourself and. Even though no criticizes your parenting <laughs> decisions, uh, I think I think that he, uh, if he ever finds out about this, 
he is going to be so proud of you and so grateful for everything oh, that you did for him. Well, um, thank you. So. Well. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Just do a quick. Oh. <laughs> I know. I had to like suck him back in. <laughs> You're so much better at that than I am because my face just takes on the shape and I'm like, it's coming out, isn't it? Well, here's the thing, too. I think I'm all dried up. Mm. I've been watching a lot of 9-11 documentaries. Why? Well, I, sometimes I told you I need to cry. So I yeah. watch really sad things. And also, like, I feel like we didn't learn enough about it. Like, yeah. We were so young and then they were just like, we're not going to talk about it anymore. I was just talking to Megan about that the other day, how, like, it happened. And then everyone was just like, go on with your life. And I think nobody sat us down and, like, explained what the fuck we had just seen. Or that was not, like, normal. Yeah. And, I, and we said that I think that's why we're constantly hyper aware that bad shit could happen. Because we how many times have we seen just bad shit? out of the blue happened and no one told us that that wasn't normal <laughs> or like that it would get better yeah because it kind of didn't did, they're basically just like check your six yeah all the, all time. the time seriously <laughs> oh okay so pulling yourself out of the top the trauma bond <laughs> it's really late the trauma bond okay so first of all i hope this is the first step if you're watching this if you're reading this if you're getting you know looking things up that's the first step for you. Acknowledging that you're in it is yep. number fucking one. So you're doing great, honey. You're please doing great. Going. Amazing, sweetie. Yes. Please, please. Like how I just keep telling myself I'm not allowed to claim it because I keep comparing myself to Sierra. Like, don't do that. Yes. Claim it. Yes. I want. That's why I wanted to say to you, too. That's why I want to tell people because I was the same way. I was like, well, I'm not getting sent to the hospital until I was. Yeah. And that's why I let it go on so long because I kept making excuses like, yeah, he cheats on me every fucking day. But yeah. like. But is it really that bad? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, yeah, he threw that thing at my face. But like, that was an accident. But, he didn't but, mean it. But yeah, we need to stop invalidating our experiences because all it does is prevent us from our healing. Yes. You know? A hundred percent. Okay. So she she encourages people to write down their quote unquote cycle. And for example, here's her cycle. It was anticipation, some kind of affection, momentary bliss. Abuse, confusion after the abuse, the departure of the abuser or yourself from the abuser, mm -hmm. longing, utter despair, and then back to anticipation, some kind of affection. Yep. And so she encourages you to write down your cycle. That that was just hers, and it kind of was close to mine. But um, yours could be anything. Writing and the cycle can, and I I'm assuming because I'm comparing it a lot to my experience Please. in teaching is the timeline of this could change. Yes. Like I, some of my students, uh, especially on the autism spectrum, they would have repetitive behaviors and there was a cycle. You could see these things happening uh -huh. and there would be certain triggers that would start this spiral, but sometimes it would be a week before the next behavior. Yes. Sometimes it would be five in a day. Well, like, like I said, my last depends. time that momentary bliss lasted for nine months. Right. And that was the longest time. That's when I was like, oh, my God, he's healed. Mm -hmm. It happened. And then the abuse that occurred after that was the biggest one that ever had. Yeah. Like to the point where I thought I was going to die. And sorry, every time you say no, that. No, I'm I, sorry. No, you don't have to apologize for it. I just I know I could I know you're going to see it happen yeah. because I told you I can't stop it from shooting out of my face. And so I just wanted to like yeah. collect myself. Sorry, I'm feeling she's moving too, And I'm like, it's OK. <laughs> Um, 
I also want you to write down what you feel is being fulfilled in your relationship, sense of having a family, feeling wanted, feeling secured, and then notice that you're only being temporarily fulfilled in those regions. Um, the rest of the time, you're full of uncertainty, angst, pain, and sadness. That was really important for me. I had to realize that that love bombing wouldn't last as long as it did. And even if, like, those nine months, there were still moments where he showed his true self in there. And I, I writing that down, keeping a journal of that mm -hmm. was really, really um, important. Also, determine your obsessive thoughts. So when I say, like, okay. She says, for example, I was obsessed with preventing another cheating episode. Mm. I was obsessed with making my abuser the person they were when we met. I would obsess over our first few months together as it felt perfect. I'd obsess over the time he punched me and left me locked in the house alone for two days. This is her story. I'd obsess over the time it took him in the bathroom for fear that he was calling another woman when he was in there. Remember when I told you that this was in the beginning. So this was when I was a different person two years ago. I told you that I didn't like when Corey slept downstairs, when he would fall asleep downstairs. And the reason why was because my ex would do this. He would, quote unquote, get drunk and pass out downstairs. But really, the reason why he was doing it was because he was texting another girl all night. He didn't want to come up to bed because he didn't want me to know that he was awake. Right. So he would pretend to be asleep and I'd go upstairs. And then when I would come down, I'd see that he had like multiple messages on his phone. I went through his phone constantly. I was obsessed with going through yep. my ex's phone. I don't do that anymore and it's like such a free yeah. feeling because I know I don't have to because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, he is, look, I think I'm the first time I went through his phone, which I've told him I did. Yeah. I think I told you, I was like, it was so fucking boring. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it's like, annoying. It is annoying. I'm like, you I start something. <laughs> I did one time and instead of looking for like a girl, I was looking through texts with his family to be like, so when you talk shit. <laughs> I did the same thing. I was like, I gotta find something. Nothing. <laughs> Me either. I got nothing. It was all just really nice things. And I was I like, know. this is disgusting. <laughs> but that's. I had to realize, now I don't care. Actually, it's wonderful. I'm Sometimes when Corey gets drunk, I'm like, I hope you fall asleep downstairs because I want the bed also. <laughs> so, I don't get it that much because he doesn't growth. work midnight. It's called yeah. healing. And I know he's not doing anything down yeah. there. Like, I can trust him 100%. I've said this before. If he went to a bar and there was a super drunk girl there and she needed a ride home, there's nobody else in that bar I'd trust more to give her a ride home than my fiance. Yeah. 100%. He is that kind of person. And I know that he would never do anything like that to me and just right. I would trust him anyways. Not to do that with the drunk girl anyways. Right. Um she says and I highlighted this because I think it's very important. I want to remind you that you're in love with what you wish the other person was. You're not in love with who your partner is. You're in love with an idea, a memory, a fantasy, but it's not real. Yep. So anytime you're making those excuses, remember that please. Mhm. Mm she says, I would often deny my real feelings because I didn't want to accept that I was in a toxic relationship because, but also because I found it too difficult to admit that I was still in that relationship because I chose to believe in alternate reality. Well, that's the thing that gets people because you believe that you get this special part of them that no one else understands and they understand you in a way that no one else understands. Yes. And that's, it's not it's real. It's special because it's not of that. Real. But yeah. It's because guess real. what? He they gave that part of himself to everybody, I found out. Everyone that he needed something from. Yep. But anyone who he doesn't need something from. Yep. Um, or she, I, I know we keep saying he, but that's just it's because just, of our experience. Yeah. Um, they, whoever this person is. So the reason that the people who they're trying to isolate you from mm -hmm. see this version of them that you think is 
no, you just don't know him like I do. No, they know him like who he is, the person that he doesn't create because he doesn't need something from them. Exactly. They don't, he's not filtering himself or creating a character for these people because he doesn't need to. Exactly. Because he doesn't, he's not trying to sleep with them. He's not trying to live with them. He's not trying to get money. So stole money from me and my dad, like. Oh, I got money stolen from me multiple times. But honestly, I don't know which person that abused (laughs) me. It could have been one of two. And how fucked up is that? That I don't know which one it was. (laughs) So. They're working together as a tag team operation. They were. They're both the same person. Yeah. That's the other thing too. The fir- here's what I want to say. I left the first time, and then <laughs> ended up with ended up with someone worse. And so I was like, "Well, fuck! I might as well go back to the other one." I left because multiple it seems times. like everyone's like that. Then. Yes. And I left multiple times and found other people and yeah. had like temporary flings with them. But every time that it didn't work out, he was always there. Yep. And he was always reminding me, like, remember how good we had it in mm-hmm. the beginning? And it was always that again. And so I'd fall right back into it because yep. it was familiar. Yeah. Comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, She uh, highlighted this as well. Here's probably the most difficult thing you're going to hear. To heal, you have to abstain from your addiction. To recover means that. To abstain completely. This means zero contact at all. This is the only way you can break the bond. You have to detach. You need to prize yourself away from an unfulfilling emotional entanglement of the relationship. Again, I went to these other people and started relationships, but he was always still in my phone. He was always watching my Facebook. I never wanted just to like a, mm-hmm. as a back burner. I wanted him there. And guess what? When he realized that these weren't going to work, whoop, he swooped yep. right in every single time. The only reason that it worked as well as it did was because I moved to a different city when I left the final mm-hmm. time. I blocked him on literally everything. I changed my phone number. Yep. Um, I changed jobs. Yep. Like. I had to get away from everywhere, and that sucked. For me, that was so hard, but worth it. Yes, my entire life was upended. Yes, it was a struggle for a year. But in the long run, it was the best fucking thing I ever did. Yeah. And that job sucked anyway. <laughs> I wanted away from it. Um, in order to break an addiction, you need to understand that you are battling chemical responses. So this Which is, is helpful. I hope that's validating for please, someone. Please, yes. This does mean that by severing the relationship, you will not feel very good for a while. Much like with any addict, you're going to feel withdrawal symptoms. You're going to not, like like I said, it's not going to be all, woo, I did it, yay, now let's hang out and party or right. whatever, have a good time, celebrate for the next year. Yep. I had ups and downs that whole, for, like, terrible, terrible grief, bouts of crying, it was just like the hardest year that I've gone through. Right. And we talked about in our grief episode that you don't move through the stages. No. You bounce back and forth between them all the time. The duration that it takes while you're in different stages varies. Um, and you never arrive at completely healed. Yep. You will go forever. Yeah. Um, rest assured, just like with any other addiction, if you can refuse to respond to your brain chemistry, you will get through these incredibly tough times and your brain will eventually come to rest at a state of balance and calmness. Mm-hmm. It does happen. Here's a couple suggestions. They're very quick. And then that'll be it. Number one, find a positive distraction in that first time of getting away. Um, find something that you love to do that you lost. So any kind of hobby, reading, writing. Um, 
painting, meditating, painting, doing anything for like just you running. Yeah. Like anything that you gave up in those years that you were trying to survive, find that love for that again Mm -hmm. and really just throw yourself into it. Try to distract yourself because those thoughts are going, those obsessive thoughts are going to stay for a while, but eventually they, they get quiet. Two, try to connect with someone healthy, whether that's someone from your previous life, as we did again, big time. Am I someone healthy? Yeah. Hello. If I went back to him, you would kick my fucking ass. Oh, yeah. And I needed to know that. And (laughs) nothing helps you escape toxicity (laughs) like a physical threat. I mean, like kicking my ass metaphorically. With love. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Corey was my someone healthy as well. But mm-hmm. like I said, I, it was sad because I was I was being the toxic one to him. Um, Write everything down in a journal. This is for some people. Feel, like I'm not a journal person, but if you like to, it really does help. This is kind of our journal. Uh, yes. So and I was going to say this too, Um, that journaling has helped. But I, when I was still doing my family YouTube channel... I had intended to make a video talking about therapy Mm -hmm. and I recorded videos of myself right before I would start a therapy session because I wanted people to see what it looks like before a therapy session and what it it looks looks like like after. after and then what it looks like after a week, a month of therapy. When I look at the first video of myself, I was... I want to hug that girl. I feel so sad for her because she was very fidgety. She's shaking. She is, um, she looks sick. Yeah. Uh, And she's so scared. I, I feel so sad that like I was in that place where I was so scared to even talk about my trauma with someone, a trusted professional. Right. I was terrified. And then immediately after there's a video of me where I, I'm visibly lighter. Like you can tell that even though that first session was just me getting to know Barbara, um, it was intimidating. Yes. And that's, I think helpful in this situation as well, because I can look back at that girl and I, Yes, I feel sad for her, but I also feel very proud yes. that she took that step. And I feel proud of myself for the growth that I've made. Yeah. It's hard It's hard to uh, measure your growth when you have no benchmarks, yeah. when you have nothing to look back on. Um, it's almost like taking photos if you are on like a weight loss journey or if, like a fitness journey. It, when you take those progress photos, it's easy. It's harder when it's mental. Yes. You know, it's harder when it's an emotional growth. It, yeah. How do you document that? How right. do you check in on that? Right. And so that can be super helpful, but really getting it out in any way. Yep. I remember taking pictures for me. It was a big thing. I just put one side by side of what it was the last time that I was hurt where I had like physical bruises, but also just the light in my eyes was yep. gone. And then I took a picture recently and I was just like, it, it literally looks like I'm glowing, not just because yep. I'm pregnant. <laughs> like yeah. it literally like I got my spark back, mm-hmm. I feel, and I lost it for so many years. Yeah. So I hope... I hope this helped somebody. Um, Please. There are so many more resources. Like I I just wanted to explain this to you guys and it ended up going way longer, but I'm glad that it did. Um, But please, there's, I'm sure we'll put up some resources for if you're in a domestic, you know, relationship. So take those if you need them. Um, These books, there's so many like this. Like I, when I was getting out, 
the easiest thing for me before I left for sure was reading things like this, looking up things like this. I said I liked it because I like true crime and I like psychology and things like that, which I do. But at the same time, I was like, I wanted to understand what was happening inside of me and inside of him and why I wasn't crazy for doing it. So. So I hope it helped. Yes. And we hope you guys were able to validate yourself with this and that you are able to work towards healing and feel less alone and yes. we love you so much yes um that's that on trauma bonding yes. and healing and love bombing and all the all this stuff <laughs> yes <laughs> all the stuff thank you guys so much um we will see you next week all right we're out goodbye Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.